Their Heart Pursuit. That's the new series we are in. I need you to do me a favor. Did you get this bookmark when you walked in? If you did not get this bookmark, I want to make sure to get it in your hand. Raise your hand real high if you did not get this bookmark. People are running to you. Look at them. Run, man. They're sweating, running. Get, at least I hope they're running to you. Can somebody else help them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure that you get one of these bookmarks. Put it in your Bible. Put it in the book. Somebody could help him too if you want to get up. It's okay. You don't have to have a title usher or anything. You can just say, hey, brother, I'll help you. There you go. Still hands. There you go. Everyone say heart desire. Everyone say heart pursuit. Come on. We have a desire for God. We have a heart pursuit for God. And uh, I'm going to dive into this new series tonight. And uh, I want you to look at this. If you will do this with me, we're going to read it. And on the front of it, it says, Heart of the City Church, a people after God's own heart. Will you say that with me? A people. Think about what you're saying. And now think about how you're saying it. Can we try that again? A people after God's own heart. And we believe that primary, that that's going to come about in four different ways. Look on the back. Number one. Okay, let's do it all unified together. Here we go. Number one, know God. Number two, find freedom. Number three, discover purpose. Number four, make a difference. This should be absolutely tied to your heart because this is who Heart of the City Church is. We're beginning this series, and have we ever done this series or a series like this or similar to this? Absolutely. But let me tell you about vision. Everyone look at me and say this with me. Vision leaks. Vision leaks like an old toilet, an old rusty pipe. Vision like an old water, diddly-daddly, whatever they're called, on the outside of your house. That drip, 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 drip. Vision leaks. And so it's important that we go back to the vision of Heart of the City Church. We're going we're gonna to try to plug that leak twice a year. Twice a year, you're going to hear. It's gonna, we're going to say it probably a thousand different ways, but it's vital for you to know that vision leaks out of your heart, vision leaks out of my heart, out of our minds, because guess what? Vision leaks. And we're going to do our best to plug that leak. Why? Because we need to renew the vision. Sometimes we need to refresh the vision. Sometimes we need to stir the vision, remind each other the vision. And, and there's a group of people in here that's never even heard this before. So it's birthing of a vision too. So all those reasons, we're going we're gonna to go back over this vision. But we are to be a people after God's own heart. And we believe that to be a people after God's own heart, those four elements are vital. To know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and to make a difference, each and every one of us. And tonight, I'm going to, to dive right into the one on knowing God. Say that with me, know God. <laughs> we have a primary way that we believe that people are going to know God here at Arthur City Church. I'm going to mention that in a minute. But I'm going to tell you right now, you can know God in many fashions. You can know God from hearing a child speak. You can uh, know God in your prayer closet. 
through creation. You can, you can meet God and know him. He can reveal himself in a dream, a prophetic word, a prophecy, a word of knowledge. He can reveal himself to you on top of a mountain, in work, at a job site, in a, in a trip, a, 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 a trip across town or across America. You can look up into the heavens. The Bible says the heavens declare his glory. Come on, God can reveal himself to you in a number of ways. You may be coming off of an acid trip and God can reveal himself to you. Did I say do acid? No. But I guarantee you there's people that's come off of acid and drugs that all of a sudden they've met God. Is that the way you should meet God? Absolutely not. You don't need acid and you don't need meth. You don't need heroin. You don't need weed. Are you feeling me? I'm just saying that God can do whatever he wants to do for you to know him and for you to meet him. You can meet God in the middle of a tragedy. People meet God right in the middle of jail, in suffering, in art. I read this this week. I thought it was beautiful. I know three ex-atheists who say, there is the music of Bach, therefore there must be a God. John Piper says the secret of knowing God is zeroing in on Jesus. All you got to do, I would say like a bow hunter, you put your sights on Jesus, put, put your scope on Jesus. Jesus walked on earth three and a half, 33 and a half years. Why? Because he's God. And if you want to know who God is, zero in on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Read the Gospels. Look at his life. If you see Jesus, you see God. If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. It's a beautiful way of knowing who God is. We don't want to limit on how you may know God. With that being said, all those things being said, we believe that primarily you're going to know God through coming on weekend gatherings. Now, that doesn't diminish anything that I just said. But there's something powerful about weekend gatherings that we believe is a primary way for people to know God in an intimate way at Heart of the City Church. Two groups of people knowing God. First of all, unbelievers. If you're an unbeliever tonight, I'm so pumped that you're here because I was an unbeliever and that I walked into church December the 7th, 1986. Many people in this room probably, there was a moment, if it was on a mountain or if it was in a church gathering like this, that they met God. And so if you haven't believed on the Lord, if you've not accepted him as Lord and Savior, man, this is a great place to do it. We want you to know that you're welcome here, and we want you to know that we believe that in this gathering that you can meet God. Matter of fact, we think about that, and we want to even make our gathering so that people can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and make a decision to follow Jesus. So if you're an unbeliever, maybe you're one that have strayed off the course, you were a believer and you kind of just strayed off and the Bible calls you a prodigal. Do you know why people stray off the course? Because it's easy. Yeah. 
<laughs> if you don't do anything, you will stray off the course. If you don't do anything, you will stay an unbeliever. Because it's, it's easy. Just do nothing. Why is it easy? Because I'll read a scripture, Matthew 7, 13 through 14. Enter by the narrow gate. Everyone say narrow. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There's a heap of people on this gate and this road of destruction right here. That, 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 a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Why? Because it's easy. And there are many who go by it because narrow, said it would be narrow. That's the skinny gate you want to hit. Narrow is the gate and difficult, say that with me, difficult. Narrow and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Why would I ever want to get on the narrow and the difficult? I can tell you why. Because it leads to life. <laughs> the wide and the broad and the easy Destruction. So if you're an unbeliever, if you've strayed away, tonight we want to pray with you to, to get on the skinny on that path of life. And if you're a believer, the weekend gatherings are also made for you. Why? Because we desire... I desire, there's not a person that God doesn't desire that you grow and you mature in Christ and we go from glory to glory and we're transformed by the renewing of our mind and we become more Christ-like and we grow. And it's important that you know the, the weekend gatherings, know God, is set up for you to know him in an intimate way and not just an intellectual way. If you came to Heart of, think about the name of Heart of the City Church, just the name of the church, Heart of the City Church. It is not the mind of the city. It is the heart of the city. We focus a lot on intimacy here versus intellect. It doesn't mean that you can't be an intellectual and serve Jesus. Absolutely. You could have an amazing IQ and have masters and all kinds of degrees. Praise God and you can serve Jesus. But I'm going to tell you right now, there is a difference between knowing God intimately and knowing God intellectually. And we're going to lean all the more to know God intimately. Let me show you a scary verse to back this up. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. If you're doing the will of your Father, I'm going to tell you right now, you are doing the will of the Father out of a relationship and out of intimacy. It's not going to be out of intellect. That's all there is to it. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That knew is a very, very, very 
intimate word. I never knew you. He, you, you, you did, you charisma, charismatic, gifted, come on, doing miracles, prophesying. But where was the intimacy? I never knew you. This is not a, a church for intellect. It is a church for intimacy. Once again, we welcome anybody who's intellect. Praise God. But I'm going to tell you right now, God is looking for intimacy. Does he want you to be smart? Yeah. Be smart as you want. You ain't never going to outsmart God. Our wisest of wise is foolishness to God. But it's about intimacy. You can be a zoologist. Amazing zoologist. You've got a stack of books this high, including your iPhone and your, your computer, and it's got all the information in the world about white-tailed deer. You're a zoologist. You tell me how many teeth is in a white-tailed deer. You tell me where they eat, their breeding habits, their eating habits. You tell me... Everything about them, their antlers, when they lose their, 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 their winter fur, and when they, breeding grounds, how long they probably will live if they lived out to a full old age. You, a zoologist can tell me everything about a white tail because they've studied it and they have the, the not everyone say knowledge, they have the knowledge, the intellect because they, 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 they've studied white tail, right? But my older brother, Daniel, he can tell you right now where to find white tail. He is like a whitetail whisperer. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's like he knows them intimately. He has something deep inside of him, instinctively knowing whitetail. There's something about God, I believe with all my heart, that he wants you to know him beautifully, intimately, instinctively, knowing the heart of the Father. Say this with me, intimacy. intimacy. Without intimacy, your intellectual understanding will turn into, and I created a word this week. And I know that sounds funny, but somebody created every word that you ever say. So why in the world couldn't I create a word? My word even is long and it sounds extremely smart and it's big. It's called religion intellectualism. One word. Religion intellectualism. Religion intellectualism. Religion, say that fast. Religion intellectualism. Yeah, religion, and then add intellectualism. <laughs> because without intimacy, that's exactly where you'll end up. 
The tree of knowledge in the, in the garden. Everyone say tree of knowledge. Think about, what, think about these words. Tree of knowledge of good and evil. So don't think it's evil. It, it can be. It is. But it's also good. Good of e- Knowledge of good and evil. You follow me? But it is a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I think many things came out of that tree. I think cults came out of that tree. I think false religions came out of that tree. I think all, you, there's a lot of things, a lot of, 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 of intellectual things that came out of that tree. But there was another tree in the garden that we did not eat from. That was the tree of life. Jesus come to give us life and life abundant. Why is this so important? I I want you to understand the difference between the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life because intimacy always leads to life. Remember the elder brother? The prodigal son gets a lot of the attention, right? Right? I mean, he was a rebel. Unrighteous. Unrighteous. Spent all of his dad's inheritance, da, 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 da. He gets a lot of attention. And by the way, but there was an elder brother. Guess where he always lived? Where? He lived in his father's house. He lived all up in his father's house. But guess what? He did not know his father. He did not know his father intimately. How do I know that? Because all you got to do is read the rest of the story. He lived with his father. You can be all up in church every day. You can go do many religious acts. You can do much study of religion. That does not mean that you're going to know the father. Because God wants you to have an intimate relationship with him. The father had to explain to him at the end of the story, all that I've ever had is yours. You see, intimacy, I think, with blessing in Genesis, you know, God told him, hey, listen to this, multiply, fill the earth. Where do you think multiplication comes from? Where? Intimacy. Blessing. Multiplication. All of it comes from intimacy. Listen, you don't, mul- you don't procreate through intellectualism. Oh, I'm just going to see how smart, see if I can think this. Doesn't work that way. Why are weekends the way that they are? We want you to know God intimately. People can come in here, I tell you, that is used to a religious setting. And this could be shocking. They really worship? They live there. They jump up. They are what? They're passionate? 
It's a little bit too loud in there, isn't it? Shouldn't when we pray, shouldn't it be silent? I believe God wants our weekend gatherings to be designed for us to know him intimately through experiencing him, through worship, through prayer, through his presence, through fellowship, through the preaching of the word. How do you, let me ask you this, how do you know that you know God? How do you know that you know God? I can tell you how you can know that you know God. You ready? Have an intimate relationship with the Word of God. You should have a love, crazy, intimate relationship with God's Word. There's a lot of people that think they have a relationship with God that are all kind of cults and world religions. But the way that they get straight off is that they never knew God's Word or they got away from God's Word. You need to have a crazy, crazy love relationship with God's word. You can't separate those. The word, guess what, became what? And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. All the ways that you may have met God, there's one golden thread that joins them all, and that's God's word. At the end of the day, our hearts must be in hot pursuit of God's word. Let me challenge you to be in God's word every day. Every day. Say that with me, every day. Every day. Chad, I, I just love my wife. I just, I just love, 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 love my wife. I haven't talked to her in three months, but I love her. Oh, really? You love her, huh? Oh, yeah, I love her, man. Yeah. We hang out about every three months. Or, or like, I think it's like the average Christian, if I'm not mistaken, reads the Bible 10 minutes a week. Oh, I love the Bible. How much you read it? Oh, two minutes a day. At the end of the day, our heart must pursue the word of God. Matthew 24, 35. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my words by no means pass away. So why is the number one way that we know God at Heart of the City churches on weekend gatherings? I believe it's because we structure our weekend gatherings according to to God's word so that you can have an intimate relationship with him. What do you mean by that, J.O.? Let me break it down just real quick. Let me break it down. Number one, everyone say seek first. This is not a religious gathering. It's not even a, a, a traditionalist gathering. We are an intimate gathering. We seek first. If you come to heart prep, guess what we're doing? 
Come on, come on, go with me, church. Come, what is heart prep, J.O.? See there, you, you need to know what heart prep is, man. At quarter after the hour, we're praying. And then guess how we begin this gathering? What did you do in the beginning? What did the ladies do at 9 a.m. this morning? On fire prayer, I heard. Just fire. Why? Because God calls us to seek first the kingdom of God. And all the rest of these things are going to be given to us. So that's, that's the number one structure. We first seek God. We're not just, if you come to Heart of the City Church, it's not just going to be something that we do this. You're going to actually be, be part of it. And we want you to be majorly part of it because we believe that prayer is the engine room to the church. So I'm, I'm showing you why we believe the church gatherings on the weekend can be an intimate place. Number two, everyone say worship. We believe in worship. Now, you can choose not to pray and not to worship. It is a choice. But we want to do everything we can do to get you involved in prayer and in worship. I hope that the peer pressure in this room makes you feel so uncomfortable that when you're like this, you're like, wow. I'm breaking out in a sweat right now. I feel God's presence and I'm just standing here and I just, and you worship. And that's a good peer pressure because let, let me read a few scriptures. Why, why is the weekend gatherings for you to know God and to worship? Psalms 100, it's not because of J-O, it's because of God's word. John, Psalms 100 verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. L listen to this, listen to this principle. Come before his presence with singing. You come before his presence with singing. So, excuse me, Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates. We come right into the gates of the king with thanksgiving. Say that with me, thanksgiving. And we go past the gates into the courts. We're getting close. Go, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, courts with praise. Are you following me? Be thankful and bless his name. These are principles of why we do what we do on a weekend for you to experience God in an intimate way. Why? Because we want you, beyond anything, we want you to know God. We want you to experience God. We are presence people. Presence people. Heart of the City Church is driven by God's presence. Listen to this one, Psalms 22, 3. But you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. When you praise him, that's why I am motivated to get you to worship God. Because if, if I can motivate you to worship God and, and you can join in worship, you're going to experience the presence of God. So it's based in worship. Another thing is number three, preaching and teaching the word. Why do we do it? Why do we pray? Why do we worship? Why, do, why does J.O. ball-headed do get up there, scream and shout and preach and teach? Because we want you to experience an intimate relationship with God. Is it Bible? Yeah. If it wasn't, we wouldn't do it. Listen to what preaching and teaching, 2 Timothy 4.1. Paul speaking to Timothy. I charge you, therefore, uh, before God and the, and the Lord Jesus Christ... Who will judge? This is pretty powerful. Who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom? Wow. 
Second scripture, listen to what it says. Listen to what it says. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Look, here's my job. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Jail, you'll rebuke us? Absolutely. Absolutely. I will in love, but I'm not doing my If I'm not convincing you, if I'm not occasionally rebuking you, hopefully exhorting you a whole lot more than I'm rebuking, with all long suffering and teaching, that's part of my job. That's part of leaders' jobs. Why would I ever want to rebuke someone? If I can rebuke someone and get them from heading their life into destruction, how will, I will lovely rebuke you. If it can get you on the road to life and serving God and a blessed life and a prosperous life, you better believe it. If I didn't do that, would I even love you? Are you going to let your kids play in the middle of the road? What will you do? You might rebuke them, eh? Number four, so we're going we're gonna to seek God. We're going to worship. We're going to preach and teach the word. Look at number four, the gospel. Do you know in almost every one of our gatherings, we're going to preach the gospel? Do you know during the sound, we Patrick said that he would preach the gospel. We saw 51 people come to know Christ who made commitments just during the sound. Why? Because the gospel was preached. I'm convinced if you preach, people will get saved. Look at the last one. Why do you do them, them their altar calls, J.O.? What? That's kind of awkward we're to pray for one another James 5 16 confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed it doesn't mean that every time you come to the altar you got to tell everybody what you did wrong that day you can if you want to but there's power in confession there's power this right here, this confession here, absolutely, that's powerful. There's powerful and cleansing in that, but there's some powerful healing when you confess this way. Confess your faults, one another. Pray that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. These folks up here at the altar, you don't even have to have someone pray for you, but if you do, they want to effectually pray for you. Why? We want you to know God intimately. Amen? The culture, the secular world, it's out to eat us up and to destroy our life. Have you ever heard the, the story of the frog and the kettle? Frog jumps in the water of a kettle and the frog just swims around, just swimming around. And they turn the heat up and guess what? The frog just continues to swim around. And then it begins to boil, and he swims until he dies. He never jumps out because of the slow warmth of the water until it boils him to death. That's exactly if you're not careful. And in God's word, what the culture will do with you. You'll just swim around, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm dead. 
should have jumped out the dang kettle. And how will you know how the culture affects you if you're not in God's word? How will you know? How will you know if you're swimming around or if it's time for you to bounce? Because you got to be in God's word. Are you feeling me? This, listen, the secular world that we live in is bombarding us with lies. Well, J.O., I think I can cheat and scam and lie to people and get away with it, and I'm good with God, and I have a relationship with God. Well, then you have to look at God's word. I think you're swimming around in the stinking kettle. Because the Bible says, do not lie to one another, since you have put off old man with his deeds. Uh, well, J.O., I think I can, I can just be a rebel and do whatever I want. I say, well, look at the word. What's the word say? For rebellion is as witchcraft. And stubbornness is inequity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He also has rejected you from being king. This is what was told to Saul. Well, J.O., I think that I can live with anyone I want to and have sex with them because I love them. I can have sex with same sex or opposite sex because it's all about love. And isn't God love? Well, then I would say, look at the scripture. I think you're swimming in the kettle. What's the scripture say? Well, I can tell you. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not enter the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Paul's trying to tell them. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will enter the kingdom of God. That's not picking on one little sin. It's giving you a whole group that you need to look at to go, I don't want to be swimming. In the, if I'm swimming in the kettle, I need to jump out. Are you following me? Why do you say that today, J.O.? Because the culture that we live in is boiling the church of life if you aren't reading, the, if you don't know God intimately through his word. Well, of course, jail, we can abort a babies because it's a choice. And I go, please, would you, out of, for the love of God, would you look at the scriptures? Let me tell you what, what Jeremiah says. Listen to this. Listen, listen to what Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. It's before the heartbeat, before the breath, before all of it. Am I here to condemn anybody that's had an abortion? Absolutely not. I've sinned. There's not a person in this room that's not sinned. Here's my point. Don't live in that way. But see, if you aren't in the word of God, it's easy to be boiled to death in the kettle. Are you following me? I want to show you a video of a guy who met God, who knows God, and is, you've seen him around. He's a wonderful guy who came out of hell. Watch this video. My name is Gabe, grateful believer, Jesus Christ. 
Uh, some of you guys know me. I serve in the parking lot. You usually find me out there waving signs. I also serve in the Celebrate Recovery Ministry and on the FIT team ushering, and it's a great privilege. Before we start and I share a testimony with you guys, I'd like to pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to glorify you and your resurrection power in my life. Lord, so I just uh, turn everything that I say to you, God, I just thank you, praise you in your name, Jesus. So we're gonna start way back um, in Genesis. So my, my dad delivered me at home. Um, we were hillbillies in the mountains and um, we were all born at home, uh, raised uh, with no power or running water, off the grid, very poverty stricken. So at a young age, I started to be interested in criminal activity, uh, trying to make a way to make money. And so we, we used drugs, alcohol. Starting at 10 years old, I started smoking pot. And then at 11, got introduced to methamphetamines. Um, thought this was just an, a normal way of life. And uh, with, with the drug use, just drove me uh, deep down a dark hole. Um, in 1997, after a series of events, I lost my brother, Ethan. He died on my dad's birthday. And through that time, uh, it drove me to uh, have suicidal thoughts. Also uh, drove me into IV drug use. And so through all that grief and pain, this is the only way that I was trying to find a way to cope with it. Uh, I ended up with 32 criminal charges before the age of 21 and um, I had crashed a truck. So guess what I'm getting at, guys, is I've got a high uh, level of grief that I didn't process. Uh, my, my dad um, was in a truck with me and I crashed because uh, I was high on meth and compl complications led to, uh, to death. I found him in his home. Another case where I bought alcohol for a friend and he crashed and died. So the theme here is that there was all this guilt, shame, uh, depression, fear, anxiety, and um, there was only one way to deal with that. So uh, I had gotten married and divorced, um, had children, and um, it, it wasn't until I was willing to surrender my life to God and I wandered into a church led by the Holy Spirit and uh, God radically saved me. So, so 10 years ago, I wandered into a church and uh, got radically saved, set free from addiction. Uh, the fear and the anxiety and all that came as I walked deeper uh, with the Lord. I was a dropout in, in high school and uh, he gave me strength and power. And um, I was able to graduate with honors from, from the college here in town. Uh, got a great job as a construction superintendent. God's put me in a, in a sphere and a platform of influence uh, where uh, I'm able to affect the community, uh, share the love of Christ. Uh, people are getting saved on the job site. Um, and it isn't about monetary and pro uh, promotion and all that, but God's laid some great ministry on my heart. Uh, at the sound, I got a prophetic word here, which is this heart. And through um, all the scars, which are these scars here on the, on the painting, uh, God's taken those and laced them with gold. Um, he's taken my heart and made it new and uh, he's uh, pulled me out of the darkness. Um, he's redeemed me, set me free, uh, give me joy in my heart. And um, it's just amazing to be walking with the Lord uh, and being unified with the body of Christ. 
my go-to, uh, one of my favorite scriptures, and there's a lot of promises in the Bible, Romans 8, 28, God takes all things to work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So I've been called and he's taken my mess and turned it into his message. So I love you guys, um, be blessed, and I just wanna thank you for this opportunity. That is a very short little drop in the bucket of his life. I got to read his testimony and it is absolutely ridiculous what God has done in his heart, what he's done in many of our hearts. Sometimes all the bigger outer sin gets a lot of promotion, like meth, like, but do you know that if you're saying in your heart, well, you know, I don't smoke or drink or sleep around and hang around with those who do, but you know what? I do talk about people. I'm sure God's okay with that. Do you know that's not cool with God either? Gossip. So we all fall short, but Jesus came so that we could have and so that he could be the way to a relationship with the God of the universe.